0: Bizarre conspiracies. My name is Eric Patino, and with me hey, is Conrad Tool. I was gonna today. say, evil Knievel. Oh, totally. <laughs> Anyways, today we're gonna be talking about the TWA flight 800, and that's pretty much it.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it would be, uh... a <laughs>
0: It it's might be inter- it might be a shorter of an episode podcast than normal.
1: Short? Mm, I don't know. It depends on how much back evidence you want to go into. It is a pretty easy conclusion, I think, on this one. But it is. Uh, I, I've got um, a few different um, witnesses of it that have their their written testimonies. I then, do too. Uh, <laughs> And then also there's the – so if you go through the whole thing, the different uh, theories that are going on there, the debunked ones, and you go through them, explain why Mm -hmm. they're debunked, and then get to what actually happened as opposed to what the government says happened, I I think we can make this one pretty long if we want to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If it calls for it. I mean, yeah. But before we start that, Connor, I just want to ask you something. Uh Uh-huh. If someone, if someone depicted you in an anime that, uh, I don't know, they were doing some kind of harm to you, maybe trying to attack you, would you take that as a serious threat? I was in an anime and somebody was
1: threatening me? Uh, yeah, because here's the thing. In anime, you can kill someone with anything. I mean, how many times in anime <laughs> have you seen somebody just kill somebody with practically not i mean just their bare hands obviously that happens in so many but there's so many weird weapons in anime where it's like this is a weird weapon that's based off of
0: some yeah um, but in said anime you could probably also come back as a slug yeah yeah it's but that like only truly hap- gone forever
1: i think that only happens if you get hit with a truck yeah <laughs> Well, what's your uh what, what you getting at
0: oh nothing yeah you remember that article i sent you about uh someone depicting joe biden and i don't remember who else it was joe biden and somebody else
1: oh yeah 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 uh in tasha ad- cortez getting killed mm, by yeah. a uh uh was, yeah so that was it was an art of them being killed in by an anime character yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh i believe was it was it an anime character it was an i, I anime actually character. didn't see it uh, and then a congress uh congress a republican congressman retweeted
0: that and everybody then, got so mad about it they took it so seriously so,
1: uh, yeah no no see that's a little different because that's twitter land nothing in twitter should ever be taken seriously anytime ever
0: <laughs> but it always does yeah twitter is a weird place Mm. I think they also said that, um, and when I say they, I mean Twitter. Mm-hmm. So many people were tweeting right after the the Rittenhouse acquitted. Oh, yeah. That, that, uh, that uh, uh, Rosenberg was a victim. Rosenbaum. He, Rosenbaum. I thought it was Rosenberg. Anyways, that guy, uh, even though he's a pedophile, he, he's a victim. Ah, uh, so this, uh. And, I, it's and, really hard to and, see that guys and right black lives matter was trending on the day uh of the of the uh, you know when he got acquitted and it's funny because none of the people that were shot by rittenhouse were uh, black
1: right yeah yeah, so for any of you listeners who haven't paid much attention to this and you've just heard it casually mentioned in the media, a good number of people in the in the general population who have heard it but not paid a lot of attention to it mm. think that there are quite a number, maybe all of them that I've written now shot were black. That is not none, the case.
0: None of them were black.
1: They were all uh white 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 <laughs> guys. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I don't blame anyone for not actually knowing that because the the media really would love it if that was the case. Oh, because the media was attention. painting
0: the media was painting Rittenhouse as a white supremacist, even though there mm-hmm. there was no case for that.
1: So, because yeah, if you were to say a uh, white supremacist shoots uh, three unarmed men, no, how they said they said it like this: a white supremacist shot two unarmed, uh, killed two unarmed. Uh, protesters at a, BL, a BLM rally and wounded another. You know, uh, well, BLM, that's Black Lives Matter mm. rally, so they're probably black. He's a white supremacist, so he probably shot them because they were black. And he shot two, and killed two unarmed men and wounded a third. Well, that means that all three of them were unarmed. No, they were protesters in a Black Lives uh, rally, but they were not a. Uh, they were not black themselves, mm. and the two that were killed were unarmed. But the third guy who was wounded was not was armed. So when he, they say it, was he of, like
0: hitting him with a skateboard or something?
1: No, no, no. That was um, that was one of the guys that was killed. The guy who was unarmed, the guy who was armed, sorry, I should say, that was wounded had a pistol. There was a guy who had a skateboard, but he was one of the guys that was killed. So when they say two unarmed guys were killed, they're talking about the guy with the skateboard being unarmed, I see. which I, I kind of do consider a skateboard as not a deadly weapon. Sure, but in context, I would consider an unarmed. I mean, person he had
0: ill intent.
1: That's not the issue. Uh, well, maybe ill intent. It's hard to t- it's hard to say because he's dead and we can't get his <laughs> point of view. But here's the thing. There was a large number of people. If you were running away from 20 people chasing you mm-hmm. and a guy with a skateboard knocks you down and is hitting you with a skateboard, I am more concerned about being knocked down and the 20 people catching me than I am about the one guy with the skateboard. So I am more scared of being slowed down and preventing my escape than I am actually being beat to death with a skateboard. Yeah,
0: well, it's possible. But I tell I, you what, Conrad. Yeah. I tell you what, Conrad. This is what we're going to do. Uh, next, next podcast episode, we can talk all about this case because I am interested in learning more about the case. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. We, today we're talking about an
1: airplane crash. <laughs> yeah.
0: <okay. laughs> a different
1: kind of disaster.
0: So, yeah, getting to the original topic, the TWA Flight 800. It was a Boeing 747 that exploded and crashed in the Atlantic Ocean near New York on- On July 17th, 1996. Not a six. And I got conflicting reports uh, of uh, how long it was when it was destroyed after takeoff. One report said 10 minutes, another one said 12 minutes. Either way, it was shortly after takeoff yeah I think it's 12 minutes is what I got mm. but I actually don't don't yeah. know
1: it it was flying kind of parallel from see it takes off from Long Island uh, New York mm. and it's flying along the coast up Long Island a little bit skewing away from Long Island but mostly a, a parallel to Long Island and so it wasn't actually too far from the shore when it exploded now. When it originally exploded, Mm -hmm. remember this is uh, prior to uh, 9-11, around this time, there was a a terrorist cell that had set off a bomb inside of the garage at the World Trade Center. Sure, I remember that. And it was believed immediately after the explosion that it was a terrorist attack because planes by and large don't explode mm. <coughs> is a very this uh, is very unusual the crash yes that that's more if it just gone down that that'd be a little less than different than just exploding in the sky now mm. immediately after the bombing and it was coming up on um was coming up on the, the Olympics mm-hmm. and to top it all off it was an election year july uh, 17th, 1996 it was only about uh, four, no, five months, five months till election day. This is when um, Bill Clinton is running for re-election, his second term,
0: and I love Bill Clinton.
1: It's it's the beginning of a uh, it's, it's a it's really tense time, high alert for terrorists. So everybody thinking it's a terrorist attack and that there is an explosion. And then immediately after this, there comes in 128 reports, eyewitness accounts, of mm-hmm. a missile flying after the plane. Uh, so the FBI launched an investigation, and they pull up all the parts of the plane. Well, not all the parts, but so many parts of the plane that they can actually fit it together kind of like a uh, puzzle. And they can, you can tell looking at it that it's a plane that's been put back together. And they are able to figure out where the explosion originated, which is right between the two uh, wings and on the lower side of the plane. Mm-hmm. They also can tell that the nose was sheared off uh, and... Uh, So right underneath the explosion, right in front of the wings. So immediately where the wings are, it's like the plane was decapitated. Just a straight, clean break. Uh, So what else did they gather? They gathered radar information on it uh, of the crash and all the parts that flew away from it as it um, fell towards the ground. Now, they say that the um, explosion came from uh, the, the... explosion came from the the left side the bottom left of the plane I believe do you know like how it was situated if you're sitting in the plane was it more to the left or the right I mean mostly it was at the bottom but was it at the bottom left or the bottom right do you know
0: I I don't remember I don't think that's in my notes it, it was it was pretty centered
1: um what other things were found oh there was found uh, traces of uh, uh, plastic explosive residue on the plane
0: yes wasn't there uh, some kind of a red ga- fuel found on the seats Red fuel Yes I think that's I, I think that's one of the things I found
1: I I don't know about that uh, but I do isn't I believe kerosene is normally colored red isn't and, and so I, I believe that most plain fuel is a red fuel. Now, all one, uh, 230 people died. There was no um, survivors.
0: Um, uh, yeah, no survivors. And uh, let me go ahead and say this. Now, this was a four-year NTSB investigation. Yeah, it, w- it was a very long time. Yeah, it um, was uh, at the time, right? It was the most extensive and, and costly investigation in so, uh, naval history. So, yeah.
1: So, there were... there's. Naval? Uh, no not three, naval,
0: aviation why did
1: i so say naval <laughs> i know <laughs> so there was uh there's three theories that were predominantly put forward one mechanical failure
0: that, Two, that seemed to be the most pushed forward um explanation was mechanical failure the second uh, favorite invest Expl- explanation i would say was probably a terrorist attack yeah like a bomb
1: planted a- aboard mm-hmm. the plane before takeoff and then um a th- third, the third would
0: one. be a missile a missile
1: um so th- they after they reconstructed the plane a a, a i suppose it they had experts come in and evaluate the uh ex- the, the damage somebody who knew about a uh I guess, airplane warfare, and they did a lot of forensic investigation on planes being shot down and said that it was not a missile because, this is their reasoning, that the explosion was not on the wings and that if it had been a missile, missiles being heat-seeking would have gone after the engines, and so the explosion would be on the wings, and that there would have been missile shrapnel found all throughout the fuselage, and you would find bits of missile all through the plane. And so since it was lacking these items, and that it was it would have had to have been a hit on the bottom main part of the plane, that therefore it couldn't have been a missile. Uh, and that <laughs> I love this one that the um missile that people purportedly saw mm-hmm. was uh, all all one hundred and twenty something eyewitnesses are incredible because they did not uh, no one could there wouldn't be that many um, uh, people seeing it and what happened is they heard the explosion and then they looked up towards the sky Uh, this is what the the people who were saying the eyewitnesses are uh, non-credible are saying I believe the eyewitnesses are extremely credible that after they heard the explosion they looked but even though the witnesses say that they were watching the plane saw the explosion and then heard heard it they heard it after they saw it but if they say no people looked after they heard the explosion and since you know sounds travel slower than uh um, sure. si- light that when they looked up they saw the burning aircraft uh nose falling from the sky and they thought that was a missile flying towards the towards the plane and what because you know the near, nose was sheared off and it fell away downwards because of the way that the plane is shaped because of the uh, if you just took the nose of a plane um not taking into consideration the wings you're just looking at the nose that got cut off it will have a downwards push on the front of it because of the the windshield it will has more wind drag than the um bottom of the nose and so the windshield will actually cause the nose to push down. So what they're saying is when it sheared off, the nose pushed downwards and that the um, the body of the plane pushed upwards and causing it to steer away. And people seeing the nose falling down and fire, they say is the missile that they, they believe. Well, here's the issue with this. Well, I'm gonna say at least thirty of these eyewitnesses said that they were watching the plane before. There was also video of the plane with the so-called um missile in it. And these were submitted to the FBI oh, and then the I know, the, I know. The, the FBI came, seized the originals, and they were never heard of again.
0: Here, take 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 a listen to this. I found a website uh, dedicated to flight 800, all right? And they had all the original articles from that day, everything submitted by the witnesses, right? Uh-huh. They they cataloged it on this website. So t- Check this out. The FBI interviewed 670 eyewitnesses to the crash of the TWA Flight 800. Witnesses who observed the event early in the crash sequence described a rising streak of light uh, accumulating in the airborne explosion at the Flight 800's altitude. Nearly all of the witnesses observed the end of the crash sequence, which included the fiery descent of the jetliner into the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, The FBI withheld 212 official witness uh, summaries from the NTSB for more than a year after the crash. The original NTSB witness group was given access to 458 FBI witness summaries, which were alleged to represent the total number of witnesses in the October 1997 NTSB witness group factual report but later it was determined that 670 eyewitnesses were interviewed by september of 1996 among the 212 official witnesses summaries withheld by the fbi were all accounts of a streak of light colliding with the aircraft Uh, Let me see here. In addition, several witnesses, uh, graphics and sketches and videos are missing today. Dozens of pictures and graphics were obtained from witnesses depicting their observations on the night of the crash. Some of these sketches have been produced by the FBI and depict a shriek rising from the surface and exploding in the immediate um, explosion of the Flight 800. These sketches are included. Uh, It says attachment, but the website didn't have the attachment anymore. It says, however, though, several of the sketches, graphics, and videos obtained from the witnesses who gave detailed descriptions of the streak uh, are listed by the FBI as unable to locate.
1: And a good portion of their investigation is still considered classified. Now, if it is, as they say, Mm -hmm. a mechanical accident, which is the official conclusion... If it is, why on earth would that be classified? <laughs> it is a Boeing seven forty seven, a commercial plane. So it's not like a military secret. Mm. It's not like the uh, the actual mechanics of the Boeing forty seven are um, let's let's trade like secrets a, or anything you, like that. Did you know where the plane was going? Paris.
0: Yeah, so it uh, took off from JFK International Airport. It had a scheduled international flight to uh, Rome with a stopover in Paris. Oh, that was okay. the uh, yeah, that was the initial flight for it. Um, yeah, but yeah, w- exactly. If it, if it failed by a mechanical failure, why is it classified?
1: Uh, did you get the uh, witness um, from Major Mayor? So he was, uh, you know, planes are are not allowed to take off at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, for safety concerns, he was the pilot that was taking off right behind um, this this plane. And after it got airborne, he was told to taxi onto the runway and then take off after it. So he was probably the closest witness of this um,
0: yeah.
1: explosion. Yeah. He is a Vietnam veteran. Mm-hmm. He was in. He flew combat missions in Vietnam.
0: Wasn't he, Major Mayor? Uh,
1: yes. M-A-Y-E-R. He had witnessed in his time many planes shot down with missiles. He knew what a plane getting hit with a missile looked like. And his testimony is, I saw a missile fly, turn, course correct, <laughs> relocate on, the, air, on a, the flying plane, strike it, and explode. He is, describes a plane, uh, a missile, detecting, switching its tar- targeting, homing in on the plane, and hitting it. And he's a Vietnam vet who saw this very thing happen in combat, and he's that's his testimony. I, I
0: interesting.
1: I, there's nothing I could really add to that, but it goes on. There, well, not his testimony, but the, the evidence just keeps.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, look, Take. I mean, look, witnesses banned from public hearing in December of 1997. The NTSB scheduled a week long public hearing on its flight 800 investigation. Among the items slated for discussion were the eyewitness reports. Five days before the hearing, though, the FBI pressured NTSB to exclude all of the witness accounts. Can you believe that? I totally can. I mean, yeah, we can, but (laughs) the
1: general public. I mean, at this point, not a lot of what the government does surprises me. I'm just like, oh,
0: (laughs) okay. At at, at the time, though, it's... Here's the thing, though. Okay, here's one thing I do want to mention. If I'm pretty sure it was a missile, if it was a missile and the FBI is keeping it a secret, why did they shoot down the plane for Like, what was the purpose of shooting down the plane? Was there something on board? Someone on board?
1: That's a very good um, question, because whenever you have a crime, one of the most important things you must prove is intent. Right. Because if you commit a crime without intent, it's generally not a crime. Murder (laughs) without intent is not murder. Um, Uh, Interesting. It's just uh, manslaughter at that point, really. Sometimes negligent manslaughter. So this is where the Navy comes in. The Navy was conducting um, multiple uh, military um, drills at the time in the area. There was, I think, uh, eight warships in the area and a, a large number of submarines. Um, there was another pilot who testified. I don't think it was Major Mayor who testified that there was drones in the air, target drones. That I did were being hear shot that, yeah. Was being shot down by the Navy. So the idea, the thing is that there, the i from uh, if you combine that with Major Mayer's testimony, my theory is that they were shooting down these target drones, and the missile switched from its regular tracking on this drone and it was like, oh wait, look at this. Here's this, and missiles are, I suppose, thinking objects, but um, they're they have a complex radio um computer and they're they're taught to avoid decoys Mm -hmm. like chaffs and flares and if if you the computer will always go after what it thinks is the biggest most likely plane which one looks more like a plane a boeing 47 or a drone target drone (laughs) which one looks more like a chaff and decoy Mm -hmm. so this actually corresponds with major mayor's testimony that the missile was flying and then course corrected after this plane. It wasn't launched at that plane. It was going after a drone and then it started and it detected the plane. It's like, wait, that's, that's my target over there. Do you think it
0: actually it was, was a
1: mistake? I believe it was 100% a mistake. And I believe that the reason was of the cover up was 100% because of the election. I believe that the last thing that the, all the people in, the government wanted to do is go, Oh, we are all incompetent and <laughs> we, we have not set up a, I mean, if, if you're a Congressman and you've passed laws uh, on the defense budget and all of that sort of thing. And you were in a, a hearing and what they call those things, a committee in in the house. And what you did is you passed um, or approved the budget for a, um, for naval training because missile training is not cheap. The the training and all of that. I'm sure it's not. It's not. And and the way that you scheduled the budget was in some way that somebody can look at it and go, Hmm, this, there should have been more funds allocated towards uh, a deep water uh, training exercise, and they shouldn't have skimped on the fuel for them going that far out and that sort of thing. And the last thing you want to do is be in the middle of a congressional race. And then somebody pointing at you and say, "Wait a minute. You people in general in Congress are responsible. <laughs>
0: uh, why would it why would the responsibility fall down on Congress? Wouldn't yeah, not you just, necessarily. Wouldn't you just get the naval captain that fired the missile? You could. You could get the naval captain and it
1: it would probably likely go after um these yeah. um I, it, it it could go after the military, but the, I'm sure he got I'm sure he got punished for it anyway.
0: Off the records,
1: <laughs> maybe not. I don't necessarily think that that was the issue. I think the issue was that they were doing training, dangerous training. <laughs> I mean, they're shooting down missiles in an area where you have I commercial mean, flights. Yes, yes,
0: yes. There's, but isn't it isn't it the navals' captain to make sure that there's nothing in radar that could possibly interfere with their uh, practice
1: yes and no it depends where the missile comes from I think it came from a submarine and here's the thing about a submarine is they don't have quite the when when you do training and all of that they're not supposed to they're, they're supposed to be an a, a person an a uh, that that clears the area first and they make sure the entire area is clear before any training happens in it the combatants themselves in the training, are not supposed to be the end all for the safety of the entire thing. They're mm-hmm. supposed to be somebody who makes sure that no, um, uh, no civilians enter a training area sure. at all. And it is the job of the naval captains to make sure that they don't engage anything outside of the naval uh, area, the, the training area. So the issue is more likely that it is compounded. A little bit falls on the captain, but it's not just one person that's in fault here. It's a whole thing. The entire process had to have been wrong. For there to be a misfire and hit a civilian plane. So it
0: was the whole thing. That,
1: that, that means that area was not properly secluded. It's, it's like if you were to have... Yeah. I'm trying to think of, of, a, of a, a good demonstration. It's like if you have an area with moving targets and you're doing, <laughs> if you're having target training in, at a, a gun range, right? And part of the, the training, and you have a 360 range where you can shoot all around you. In a specialty range like that, there are special officers who go and they check and make sure that the all the areas that there could be bullets flying, are clear of people, and then they make sure throughout the entire process, in a three hundred and sixty range, that is, that there aren't people going into areas where they shouldn't be going. Mm. It, it's there was a it, a major screw up there.
0: Yeah. What exactly? I don't know because you know. Well, I mean, we'll we'll never know. Well, I mean, unless, uh, uh, unless Dick Cheney was around there somewhere.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I maybe they the, the the actual. Blame would not land on the politicians, but here's the thing: the public does not react well sure. to the government shooting down a, yeah. a passenger plane on accident, commercial airliner. And nobody wants to be trying. And not that the blame would fall on them. It's just they don't want it to reflect poorly sure. on them. So it's not like they were they're afraid of criminal prosecution or anything like that. They're more concerned that it
0: wouldn't look good for them, public image. I got you. Yeah. Boy, it, I'd hate to be that guy who just pressed that, that missile button. <laughs> I I would have such a guilty conscience.
1: So, but there's still a couple of issues. First off, why were there no missile fragments found in the um, well, plane?
0: Well, well, oh. well, the thing is, there was missing evidence that the FBI took. So there could have been, could have just been claimed.
1: Well, this brings me to the testimony of another fella. Brigadier General uh, Benton
0: uh, Parton. Well, I'll tell you what, Conrad. Hold that for the second half of the podcast. We are going to take a quick break.
1: Yeah, so coming up after the break, I would like to go into why I don't think that it is a mechanical failure. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to debunk that one because I'd be remiss if I didn't. And then two, I'll explain... Why it is, I believe there was a special government missile that was responsible. Oh, for
0: interesting. All right. Well, we're looking forward to that. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And we're back from the break. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, tell us your debunked um, mechanical failure.
1: So the the general uh, consensus that the FBI puts forth is that what happened was the the plane... They don't fill up the tanks all the way on a plane. If, if you put all the fuel in a plane, then you're adding extra weight because when the plane reaches in its destination and lands, they'll have unused fuel. And then what you've done, if you've transported a large amount of fuel from one side of the ocean to the other, and you really didn't need to. And you spent extra fuel carrying the extra weight of fuel because the amount of fuel that a 47 carries, their, their fuel tank actually has the exact has the um has the same volume it's not the same shape but it has the same volume as two uh, garages full of gas so mm-hmm. well well their their center tank i should say they also have tanks in their wings but the main center tank is the size of two garages in volume now if you were to fill that full of fuel how much weight would that be a few mm. tons right uh sure <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, that, that is, I mean, it'd be a little lighter than if you were carrying straight water because it, it's a, mm-hmm. a oil base. Mm-hmm. But it'd still be a ton of weight you're carrying from one side of the ocean to the sure. other. So from flying from New York to Rome, they determined that they only needed to fill up the the wing tanks and they did not need to fill the center tanks because the wing tanks would be enough to get them from one side of the ocean to the other. And that way, when they landed, they would still have um, enough fuel not to make it dangerous just in case they were flying into a headwind and that sort of thing. They would still Mm -hmm. arrive with enough fuel um, that it wouldn't be a safety concern. But they don't fill it up past all the way to its maximum as if they were going to fly across the Pacific Ocean. So uh, they left the center tank empty. Uh, but it still had um, a significant amount of fumes in it. The, and I, I, I do kind of believe that their theory that that would make it explosive is correct. Because okay. their, their idea is they had um, like 75 gallons of fuel left over inside the center tank that they didn't pump out, but it isn't enough that they could actually run the engines on it. Mm. That'd be like enough fuel to uh, fly the airplane for maybe a minute or something, because you got this. It's hardly any fuel at all. So they are not going to pump that out. It's it's practically negligible amount, but they determined that what happened is that tank got heated, uh, sitting on the runway, um, that it just, and that, that, um, fuel, the 75 gallons, evaporated and turned into fumes, which made it more flammable. And then the, that exploded. Um, there, there's a few issues with this. Uh, one, they did recover the fuel tank in the crash. When they pulled up all the stuff, they did find the, the, the bottom fuel tank. And there's actually video of the the fella going through and pointing at where the fuel tank was. And showing where the explosion went. So what they say is that the explosion was downwards and it blew out the bottom of the fuel tank, but it just didn't explode upwards into the plane. It just blew out the bottom. And then that sent a crack that went all the way around the plane and the, the nose fell off.
0: Mm. Hmm.
1: Is, uh, but... So here's the crazy thing. Why would there be fuel igniting inside of the tank? There are, right. The theory is that there was an exposed wire... Well that's not enough because the the wires that run down into the tank that f- uh, power the gas uh, the fuel pump that pumps the gas out is specifically made so it will never spark they when they devi- designed it they knew that they would make sure that the pump could run on a small enough amount of power that is impossible under even the best circumstances for that amount of current. Even if you were to run it through a spark plug, it would not make a spark. It's just incapable of that current running and making a spark. That is why they put it in a fuel tank because they know that it was Im- impossible to make a spark. So it's impossible gotcha. for it for that to happen. So the only way is if they had a a an electric current that it wasn't even designed to run through that into that fuel tank. So they claim that the wires that run into the fuel tank were running alongside a different wire that was higher power and that of they, both of them were through so that there was exposed wire on both the um, the fuel tank line wire and this higher power line, that there was electric crossover there, and then that went into the fuel tank where there was yet a third place where the wires have run through, and then that was in enough of a way, because you can't just spark, mm-hmm. it's It's got to have a short in the line where the electricity has to complete the circuit by making a hop. That's what makes it spark. If it makes a complete um, connection, it will never spark. So, in order for this to work, you have to have three breaks in the line, and not only a break in the line, but a perfect separation that causes the electricity to jump and spark, and then that will make an explosion inside the tank. And they did put the exact same amount of fuel in a plane, have the plane go through the same uh, procedure of waiting for the amount of time that it waited, then take off, and they measured the temperature inside the tank uh, at the point where it exploded, and they found that the the, the fuel had evaporated and had um, the conditions necessary to make uh, it an explosion. But still, you have to have the spark. And wouldn't... <sighs> And when they were putting forth this argument, they they realized that they are making quite the issue because in order to run this test, they had to show that this ta- the test itself would not result in an explosion and that they were testing to see if it had the uh, same um the same, Characteristics That would allow the explosion to happen. But in order to do the, the the test, they had to make sure that it was safe. So they didn't cause an explosion. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want your test to cause an sure, explosion. Right. So when they were pitching this idea, they said, oh, well, the people who work with planes go, yeah, that happens all the time. It is 100% safe what we're doing so they ran through the thing so in actually testing it under the circumstances that they tested it they showed that it was actually safe just in the fact that they were doing it they wouldn't have done it if they had believed it to be dangerous then after they came out with this conclusion no recommendations were ever changed were ever made or published to change what they're doing in fact it hasn't it wasn't until like a couple of years ago That they actually said when you have an empty fuel tank, to fill it with inert gases in order to prevent a situation in which the fuel would be explosive.
0: So they're saying that the plane exploded due to this mechanical error in the tank with the exposed wire, but then they made no changes. Yes. So other planes wouldn't go through the same thing.
1: Right. So they say that they found the culprit, but the it, the issue is so insignificant that they actually don't need to make a change. God bless
0: America. Uh,
1: but then here's another thing. In order for it to spark... uh. A, a electric system to spark, right? It, there has to be current running through something. So sure. the way that you turn and turn off a fuel pump that is running down into that tank is you flip a switch on and off, right? Mm-hmm. And when you flip a switch off, that um, that puts a break in the electrical path that it can't jump. So if their their theory is correct, because here's another thing: the pump was turned off; they weren't using it. Clearly, they weren't running on that that fuel tank so what they're saying is there was a spark in a system that was turned off which means that the breaker the fuel pump uh switch was off meaning that there was not only one break in the line which is what they say caused the spark but there was another break in the line at the actual thing where they turned the pump on and off because if there was a complete circuit all around the system um there was only one break in the entire system that break would have had to have been uh right there at the pump. So that means that the pump would have had to have been turned on at the time of the explosion. Mm-hmm. But the pump was not on because the tank was effectively empty, which is weird. 75 gallons is <laughs> empty. <laughs> Most tanks can't hold that much gas, but it's a plane tank right. where they hold thousands of gallons. So it is there is really no plausible way for there to have been an electrical spark inside the tank. But that that alone... The explosion of the tank shows that the there there has been tank explosions before, but those have always been associated with other disasters that have happened. Lightning strikes have caused plane tanks to explode. Crashes, plane crashes, have caused fuel tanks to explode. Never has there been a spark that caused it to explode. But when those even
0: even when it does, would it have made the amount of damage that it did? It's possible.
1: Because what they claim is that the explosion did not rip the plane apart. What it did is it ripped a hole in the plane, and then the wind and the force of the
0: right, uh, right, 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 Okay, I got you. of
1: the engines ripped the plane apart, which is possible. But the um was the but we have seen fuel explosions happen before. None of them have exploded like this particular one, mm-hmm. uh, none of them have exploded downwards and to the direction that they explode. Because it exploded downwards and to the right. Downwards and to the right. And they know that it must have been downwards and to the right because there was uh, a, radio, uh, a radar operator uh, who detected the falling pieces. And he was able to plot them and then he submitted his report showing here's the plane taking off and then here's it getting uh, exploding. And then you can... And his radar showed that you can tell that where the explosion happens because the plane loses power at that point
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that its signal changes because the engines turn off. Because the radar is detecting more than just um, just its broadcasting signals. They are also able to um, check the, um, the, the power of the engines. I, I think that actually might have been combined with um, the plane since... Uh, feedback maybe, but they knew when the, the, the electrical system lost power mm-hmm. from the engines exp- uh, shutting off. Um, so they, they knew where the explosion happened and he shows on his um, uh, on his radar uh, feed the pieces of the plane and he showed the chunks and he shows that the from the explosion debris flies from the right of the plane. So that means that the explosion blew down to the right. However, the explosion was at supersonic speed because it was throwing pieces of the plane away from it at supersonic speeds. Here's the biggest issue with this. A fuel tank explosion could definitely cause a plane to fall apart like it did. But no fuel tank explosion can propel uh, pieces of the plane, especially of the size to be detected by radar, away from the, the explosion at supersonic speed. The plane's traveling at supersonic speed, yes. But... And when the explosion happens, these these pieces aren't flying at supersonic speed in the same direction with the plane. They're right. flying mm-hmm. at speed. Well, actually, I don't know. Do most uh, jets fly at supersonic speeds? Bo- Boeing 47s actually get go that fast? Because that actually burns a lot of fuel to go supersonic. I feel as though most of the time they actually travel slower than the speed of sound.
0: I would say slower. But he, I, I
1: think they they might be capable of going that fast. But at uh, 12 minutes after takeoff, they're not going supersonic speeds. mm mm-hmm. no, so Definitely that that not, the, right? That means that the explosion definitely is accelerating things beyond the speed of sound, faster than their explosion can. Uh, there was a fellow, Dr. Thomas uh, Stalkup. Cup. St- St- Stilcup? Oh, boy. Stalkup? I think it's Stalkup. <laughs> uh, Thomas Stalkup. And he looked at that and said, no, there's no way that that's a fuel tank explosion just by the uh, by mm-hmm. the radar. So even if you take the reading of um, the radar and you look at the implausibility of an electric spark, Mm -hmm. and then the fact that nobody even considers electric spark to be a concern, it it really isn't pointing towards a fuel tank explosion. Right. So, but then I mentioned earlier that there was an issue with it being a missile as well. Right. Because if it was a missile, they would have found fragmentations from it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then that... Is where Doctor, uh, not Doctor, Brigadier General uh, Benton Parson comes in. Uh, he was um, a fellow who helped engineer uh, a missile uh, and a warhead for uh, that missile as well. Uh, it was a anti-nuclear um, missile, uh, so it was supposed to shoot down incoming ballistic missiles. I see. Now, now, the the main issue that they they wanted to correct with this missile was a regular fragmenting uh, explosive uh, missile has the ability to, when you're shooting at a conventional missile and you have your missile explode near the other missile, because a direct hit is very rare. You're not likely to get one. So they just explode in the vicinity and send shrapnel out and they punch holes in the uh, other missile. So if you have, uh, say, there's a... Uh, a Tomahawk missile flying along and you fire a anti-missile, um, anti-air missile, anti missile at that missile and you get close to it and you explode and you blow off a fin and that uh, Tomahawk missile has a conventional warhead and it spirals out of control and explodes somewhere else or it doesn't land cl- uh, at its designated area, mm-hmm. you've essentially succeeded in shooting down that missile. However, let's say that Tomahawk missile has a nuclear warhead and it has um, a miss. It explodes. You've still been hit. A near miss with a nuke is still a hit. So when they were designing this missile, they wanted something that did more than just cause it to miss, or to shoot it down and cause it to spiral out of control and not be controllable and crash. Mm. They wanted a missile that did more than that. They wanted it that it would destroy the missile in such a sense that there is no way that it could even do so much as near miss. They wanted to shatter it. So they um... They invented... Uh, so what, that wouldn't
0: leave shrapnel behind?
1: Um, this particular one would not leave shrapnel behind. It is called the... Um, the, the warhead itself is a type of... Um, it's called a continuous rod warhead. The actual type of it is Talos, is the name of the warhead. Right. And the delivery system that they made it for is the uh, bone mark. Now, the bone mark itself is a nuclear a missile. Uh, it was... A, a platform for nuclear warheads and nuclear warhead missiles have to have extremely long ranges because you don't want your missile <laughs> what's, what's the point of a short-range nuclear missile if you have a short-range nuclear missile it's going to blow up in your face practically speaking even if it flies three miles away it's still going to blow up in your face so uh, the Beaumark, um missile was meant to specifically um, destroy nuclear weapons. It had the capability of carrying two different warheads, at least two different warheads. One of them would have been the Talos continuous um, continuous rod warhead, and the other one would have been a nuclear warhead. And the idea with a nuclear warhead is you would hit the other nuke with a nuke and really destroy that nuke, and you wouldn't even have to get all okay, that close is. to it. You would nuke their nuke. And, even the, and here's the great thing about that. In a... Um Cold War turned hot, nuclear war broke out, and there's multiple nuclear missiles flying overhead. You actually might even shoot down multiple enemy nuclear bombs with a nuclear warhead. So, but their other one, the uh, continuous warhead, is a conventional weapon, but it explodes like a disc. And I'm going to have Eric put a uh, image in uh, our... Um, would it be best for it, it to be in um, Instagram, Eric, or would they, would there be a better place for them to go look for it?
0: I will post it on Instagram and our Facebook page, so they could look at either one.
1: Okay, and it, the this picture is the warhead being tested. And you'll see there's an explosion in the middle of a ring. There's this ring uh, around it that looks like a a guardrail. And there's this explosion happening in the middle of the guardrail. And it takes about half the middle of the circle. And you can clearly see that's where the fireball stops. But then if you look at the guardrail, you can see that the guardrail is being cut in half all the way around, down the middle. There's this ring of yellow all the way around the middle of this guardrail. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is there's a shockwave coming out from this missile. It's a shaped charge. It's supposed to send out an explosion in a disk. It's not a flame. It's just a shockwave. So you can't actually see it, the shockwave. You can just see it hitting this metal and ripping this metal guardrail in two lengthwise all the way around. And the, the idea is this one would cut a enemy missile in half. That is its designed purpose. Uh, Brigadier General Denton Aparton saw the airplane and said, oh, I helped design a missile that does that exact same thing. And he was looking at the pictures that the FBI had reassembled this plane from the um, scraps they had found off the ocean. Sure. He said, ah, I know exactly what happened. And so he wrote a letter to the investigator uh, of the um, – well, actually, with the fax that he sent to it. He sent
0: uh, it to the NTSB?
1: Uh, I don't know exactly who he li- it sent it to. He sent it to the, the chief of the um, – yeah, the NTS uh, NTSB. He writes – I did an initial design and development and test of the first several continuous warhead rods for the Bomarc missile in the 1950s. Uh, this was done at the Ballistic Research Lab in Maryland. I carried, out, I carried several to Sirocco, New Mexico and tested them there as well. A proximity fuse, um, CR missile warhead is only a target destruction system I know of that has consistent damage with the assessment information that I have seen in the open media. The destructive mechanism unique, uh, the destructive mechanism unique to that type of warhead, you would not see blast or fragmentation damage. Neither would you see residual from the explosives. The instantaneous, uh, kill is unique to that warhead type. Uh, the warhead is most difficult to per- perfect, even with its, many, its des- many design iterations. I would encourage you to have someone reassess the uh, recovered structure who is familiar with the unique kill structure of the FACR warhead type. If I could be of any help, please let me know. Sincerely, Brigadier, uh, former Brigadier General uh, Benton K. And Parton. then
0: he was Never contacted.
1: <laughs> never contacted. So he looked at that and said, ah, I have made the missile that would do that. And he actually even went as far as to get a miniature plane, a miniature model plane, set up um, a, a, a bunch of still images of what it would look like and how this missile... And he even calculates how far away from the plane this um, warhead would explode to do that kind of damage. And it would have the same shearing effect where it would cut the plane in neatly in two.
0: Did, did So did this brigadier, like, ever—was he ever interviewed, like, on TV or something, or did he give a statement—
1: Um, I'm sure he did, or else I would never have been hearing about it, but he strongly believes. And I think I've seen him actually in a documentary when I was researching this, um, testify that, yeah, dude, I made this missile. What are you
0: talking about? (laughs) You're not going to tell me that's not what it is.
1: And I've never heard any of the, the people who, who are, um, presenting evidence that, um, Uh, that are saying that the missile was obviously, um, uh, that the explosion was obviously a fuel tank. I've never heard them once talk about the testimony of this brigadier general. Um, In the information that I was looking up about this missile that I got this photo from, it's a a military PDF talking about the missile. It says that the uh, detonation explosives that are in the warhead are a one quarter RDX, which is a type of explosive and 75% TNT, which obviously we all know what TNT Mm -hmm. is. And uh, the warhead is made so that it has uh, a specific shaped charge, so it sends it out in that straight, fine uh, disc blast. So it has a a heavy nose, a heavy um, tip, I should say, that is not, that doesn't have any explosive in it. It's just a weight that keeps it from. from the blast it shields the blast it has two weights on either side of the the this um explosive so that way the when the explosion happens it forces the um the blast out the sides as opposed to all around it it concentrates it outwards it's it's kind of an interesting interesting thing um but yeah
0: uh all right so we've concluded not mechanical failure or not because one more thing
1: do you remember the explosion residue So he was saying that there was no uh, that it would not leave uh, explosive residue. The explosive residue was found on the uh, on the airplane was in minute amounts. He also said in his his writing there that you wouldn't find residue because of the way that it was made. But he also said that it was a very that the project itself had uh, significant. Uh, air issues in it and he said that you know it was very hard to make a missile like this it's quite possible that in the that it's gone um undergone many different types of um improvements and that sure, sort of thing sure. so it may not be the exact missile that he remembers uh it may actually send out residue
0: so it could be a variation of
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, almost definitely i mean they don't just stop with sure, one sure, testing right. he was like the very beginning of this uh Design, um, and then the amounts of residue that was found on the plane was minuscule. The FBI's reasoning for how this residue got on the plane was that there was um, testing. Uh, bomb testing uh, that the the um, what they call it who's the group that checks you when you go in the tsa is it
0: tsa yeah
1: the tsa was doing a uh, bomb testing operation with the plane where they had bomb dogs sniffing out the plane trying to find bombs and so they hid explosives inside the plane and had the dog go and find it And that there was a little bit of residue left over from the from them doing their tests
0: I'm sure that's exactly what it was.
1: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. It was 100% not that. Because they said they cited the time at which um, these tests were done and where these tests were done. Airplane uh, travel is public knowledge. You can find every airplane... that's scheduled to fly. They they put this information out there on a um, database that you can easily check. And it was easily found that the plane was in holdover in Hawaii while they said that these um, tests were going on. It was 100% not at those tests. I see. And they would have known that. 100% would have known that. that there is no other way to say that, that I wouldn't even be bringing it up. This little piece of evidence up because it's it's minute. The only thing that this piece of evidence proves is that the government knowingly lied, trying to obfuscate. (laughs) That's that's the big thing. And I'm so tired of the government saying, believe us, not your lying eyes. They look at a 100 plus, 200 plus witnesses, a, a major from Vietnam who says, I saw a missile hit a plane. I've seen missiles hit a plane. They look at a Brigadier General who says, dude, that's a missile I made. They look at um, all of these people and they say, don't believe your lying eyes. You don't know what you're seeing. Let me tell you what you're seeing. They look at these videos and they pictures and they say, well, you know, um, from your testimony, it sounds like you said that the sun was over here. Well, that would mean that you're taking a picture in the wrong direction. So the, the, they'll say, you know, this picture you have of a missile flying through the air, is clearly not a missile hitting the plane. It Because this time that you took the picture that happened right after a plane that everybody's saying got hit by a missile, got hit by a missile, is coming from the wrong area. It, it, because of the testimony of the sun's placement that's not even in the picture. So we're expecting you to rem- <sighs> It's like somebody told you. You were standing showing a picture and you're like, y- you took this picture a month ago. Where was the sun? Do you remember where the sun was when you took this picture? <laughs> I think it was over this way. Well, clearly this picture of a cow, which is clearly a picture of a cow, is not a picture of a cow because you don't remember where the sun was. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, hey, th- that's kind of been the theme of this whole thing. I mean, uh, remember I told you there there was countless like, witness, um the uh, summaries on this website there yeah. is a uh, quote from witness number 649 no sorry 658 and it's from a national guard helicopter he says while piloting a, a, an air air national guard helicopter burr first noticed what he thought was a flare and said in the helicopter's radio hey is that a pyre said that the two had flown into each other, but then he noticed that it <laughs> it exploded and there was falling debris, and then he immediately flew into the area in a search and rescue effort. Uh, this guy, first-hand uh, witness, he saw it, flew in to see if he could rescue anybody, was discounted.
1: One more thing that I, I saw because i I watched quite a few youtube videos and i I read through a few amusing arguments
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um there's a lot of people and i don't i'm not too upset for people who are thinking that believing the gas tank explosion theory because i think that it does have some merit because not merit but it's not yeah i do think it has some merit I don't think it's too unbelievable, because a gas tank explosion could happen. It's been proven that it could happen under those circumstances. And if you did get a spark inside the tank, a spark would cause the explosion. And it would have to be a significant spark. Um, It would have to be um, not the weakest of sparks, either. (laughs) In the tests that they did, they were able to make some sparks with uh, a—like, they put a tank— and put it full of uh, the fumes and put it under the same conditions recorded under a plane that would have had the same thing and they made sparks in there and they didn't they did eventually get an explosion but they didn't put the smallest spark through so yeah i suppose maybe it is possible you could end up getting some sort of a spark in a gas tank at some time under you know all the all the things going wrong you're getting the wrong wires crossed
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and then maybe the spark jumping not from one wire to the next, but jumping from the wire to the outside of the tank, maybe? Mm. I haven't heard that theory. Uh, they've always said it was a wire jumping from one part of a wire to the next, but I, I suppose it could happen if it jumped from the wire to the tank. And I know that there's a lot of people who are really upset with the idea of the government lying to them because that's a that's really a discomforting thought if you really think about it. Because if the government's going to lie to you about this, it could lie to you about other things, and that means you wouldn't be safe. And people don't want to be safe, so they don't want the government to lie to them. So you know, I, I can see why I'm not upset with people, but I've watched a lot of arguments, and there's a lot of people who say um, that um, it wouldn't make sense that there would be all these people in the government because you don't just shoot down a plane and be like, oh. Our missile hit a plane and not know it. The people who launched the missile knew what got hit, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people right. like, well, the U.S. servicemen would clearly come out and say that they what they saw, right? No, there wouldn't. There wouldn't be all these people being silent. And I, I'm not mad at people for believing this because I would be. I, I remember a time when I was like, there's no way there would be all these people that have come forth. But I would. I just like to remind people. The thing that really changed my mind on that was um, MK Ultra. MK Ultra has been 100% proven that mm-hmm. there was government agents pumping people full of LSD unknowingly against their will, pumping them full of LSD and it was a big pro- project and spying on them because they didn't know they were being recorded. A lot of them even didn't know they were in a test. A lot of them were just going to the brothel and the, the uh, <laughs> prostitute was hired to pump them full of uh, LSD. And they didn't even know that the prostitute was pumping them full of LSD. And But here's the thing. No one, even with all the uh, evidence that's been pulled out and all the papers have been turned over, no one in the MK Ultra project has stepped forward and testified against it even when it's been just unmasked 100% unmasked not one of the hundreds if not thousands of right. people that were involved in the mk ultra project have come forth and given their side of the story so and that means it's not just like 100 of the best people uh, of the best government agents have kept you know a tight lip this is just the 100 people that happened to be on the mk ultra project it's it's not like the government was like, oh, this one's going to get exposed. Let's make sure that no one leaks. You would think that at least one person would come forward with their story, right?
0: You would like to think so. And
1: and so to give you an idea of what's going on, there was this fella who was talking to a submariner uh, who was there at at that day, and they were on the surface, and he said, I saw something come up towards the plane. I don't know what it was, but I looked, and I— i saw something go up mm-hmm. and um
0: I, I should say that's a common uh one common fact that almost all these witnesses had they said they saw something ascending mm-hmm. towards the plane
1: which the government says no what you actually saw was the nose falling and because the plane was rearing upwards in the um the the it, the rising plane makes the mis- the head look like it's not falling but going upwards, which makes no sense at all. That doesn't if, make sense. If you're looking at the plane as a relative point of view and the, the nose is just flying straight, let's say it's not dropping at all. It's just, for whatever reason, just flying straight along with no propulsion or any lift. Mm-hmm. In fact, it would have a downwards lift, a downwards a push it was just going straight for whatever reason and the body just started going upwards it would make it look like the head was falling so i don't understand how they can say it's an optical illusion that makes it look like the head is flying upwards anyway um it would only make sense if the the head was flying along straight and the 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 wings that has that still would have more lift than the head was falling down faster than it would make the head look like it was going upwards. Right. But the head would obviously be falling faster because it is more aerodynamic Mm -hmm. uh, because a plane is made to have lift when it has forward momentum. There's a reason that planes that just their engines shut out, don't fall from the sky immediately. It's because they still have lift because they have forward movement. Mm -hmm. You can still land a plane and live Without any engines, there's been countless sure. stories of so, people walking yeah, through. So it's not. So the head would obviously be falling faster. There's no way to cut it that the head would be the missile that people are seeing. But this this guy said that he didn't want to come forward and give his name uh, and, and go public with it because he was afraid that the navy would withdraw his pension. And that makes sense. I mean, why? Even if he wouldn't go to jail, even if nothing, he lost nothing but his pension. What would he gain? I mean, what's the point of coming forward with his story? Right. That, and if he did come with his forward with his story, that he saw just this missile going upwards, and he's not one hundred percent
0: positive that it was a missile, and he's not one he, hundred. He would have been, been dismissed anyway.
1: Yeah, he, he 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 wouldn't make a change. It's not guaranteed that he would unmask the government.
0: So he would have and lost the, his pension for absolutely no gain. Or.
1: Or at least not a certified game. Right? What would be the point of that? And so he's just a regular guy trying to do regular things. And imagine you were at a New York subway, Eric. Okay, and you saw this abusive boyfriend beating his girlfriend brutally, threw her on the ground and was like stomping her head. Mm -hmm. You people would step in, right?
0: I would hope so.
1: (laughs) You would hope so. But there are video upon video upon video upon video. Of
0: people, people just standing, stabbing, and
1: killing each other, beating, yeah. and nobody, nobody's no going helping. to be, nobody helps them. They just watch and they go, "Ooh, that's that's bad, that's bad." But I'm not getting involved. Not my circus. Not my monkeys. So even though you go, well, obviously somebody would come forward.
0: Yeah, but it's New York, you know.
1: Well, it's not just New York, but yeah, it does happen in New York. It happens anywhere. It happen it happens to such an effect that it's called the. Vi-
0: oh my vi- God! They're after you! Hide! <laughs> uh, i think that i think that's an ambulance no
1: i think that's a fire truck that is a it's loud a, horn i don't know
0: i i mean i could kind of hear a horn but it's not i mean you would hear it better than me oh there we go no ladies I, and actually, gentlemen uh this is what used to happen on a daily <laughs> <laughs> um that was kind of a about, rare treat
1: no i was talking about naval naval pensions um I mean, why would somebody step in and risk their whole pension? It's it's just – if here's the thing. I bet this man would come forward if like 11 other service people who were in the room that launched the missile all came forward and said, yeah, we were on the USS blah, blah, blah and we launched a missile and it hit the plane and we watched it go down and we all stood around and said, oh dude, oh no, oh no dude, what do we do? And then we went to the captain and then he said, uh, I guess we'll head into port and then we got the port and we reported it to the higher ups and then we were all sent to something other. We were locked up for a couple of days and then uh, an investigator came and said, you didn't see anything, nothing happened, you'll never speak to this to anyone ever again. And then we left that room and then we were watched by like um, some guys in some coats and they were obviously following us and we were monitored for a couple of days and we didn't say anything we didn't say anything to each other and we we didn't even show up you know if people came out with a story like that i'm sure that this sailor would come forward and if the bystander effect was broken
0: oh, let, let me it, ask you this uh-huh i know the you you said the government doesn't want to look bad and all that because you know the people are supposed to feel safe with the government but what what would have been so terrible that admitting oh you know what that was actually a mistake i'm part of the the navy we're so sorry right they make this huge apology to the public (laughs) and they uh gotten hold they got a hold of the family that lost um, that lost family Actually, members on the plane and then they like, okay, you know what? We're gonna take care of everything. We're gonna take care of you guys. We're so sorry. They did.
1: They, they did. They paid each the vi- for each person that no, died but I'm saying what the What these what? families got paid two and a half million dollars for every oh one of them. Oh my one. god, that is a lot of money.
0: But what would That's have been the bad thing of just admitting it was a mistake?
1: I I really don't know, um, and maybe I wouldn't know until they did come forward with their information, and then it was found out that hey, this is the reason that we didn't want anyone to know. Maybe there was secret government uh, technology involved. I I don't know. Maybe maybe has something. There was one theory I ran across. There was a guy who said that it was because um, he believed that the shooting down the plane was intentional because um, of circumstantial. Um, it, there there was a treaty that was going to be happening between Russia and America, uh, not Russia and America, but between the whole world where all the intelligent agencies were going to get together and share, um, their knowledge on, uh, world crime organizations, like people who worked, uh, that had crime syndicates that were multinational and had, uh, organizations in all different countries.
0: Okay. That is just a wild conspiracy.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, and that the, the FBI did not want this uh, meeting to go through because the FBI actually works with a large number of these crime syndicates. <laughs> i mean
0: it's true we all know yeah yeah, yeah. okay look things like that happen things like that happen yes but did it happen with people on this plane where there were women and children on board no Uh, (laughs) no no no
1: ah let's see if i can figure out how he tied this particular missile in
0: with uh okay i mean
1: i do remember it was a rambling it was a rambling article on a website
0: um mm. uh, see if i saved it it sounds like a reddit post honestly
1: no this was before reddit That it this was made because this was 1996 that this happened right. this was probably put up prior to the turn of the millennia it's an old website <laughs> uh,
0: that's okay it, that's alright. Uh, we all start somewhere
1: um but it uh, where is it oh man i don't have it I forget how he tied Russia, the whole Cold War into it, but the funny thing is the Cold War was over at that point, um, but his main thing was not that it was uh, to fight Russia, because I thought that's where he was going with the article. I thought what he was going to say is uh, the Americans did not want to deface the Russian mobsters because they wanted the Russian mobsters to continue to harass the Russian government. Was this from Alex Jones? No no oh, okay but um, no that wasn't his his original theory what well, is his actual theory that's where I thought he was going but it wasn't his his actual thing was the FBI was protecting protecting mobsters that they worked with and they didn't want them information that they were working with criminals from around the world to um, do things like I don't know what does the FBI do with with uh, with mobsters I don't, uh, I
0: don't know no clue Ah! <sighs> not until I read about it in somebody's conspiracy but But, you know uh, that's okay because the the second half has been going on for an hour
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so I I do believe it was a a cover up that it was an accident I do believe they were shooting at target drones and they missed and they hit a plane Um, I
0: believe that too I just don't know why they wouldn't come forward and say it was a mistake and, you know, they're going to make tighter security precautions next time. I don't know. Something like that. I mean, if they actually did that, then, you know, they would actually have uh, the but, people believe in in security.
1: But I would say there is another thing. It could be the um, a sunk cost fallacy where if they were like, oh, well, we can cover this up. And then they, maybe they thought it would be an easy cover-up. And they thought, oh, we'll blame it on terrorists. Um, because that was the original story. Is everybody that was the original thought, story. Is, it was, there was a terrorist bomb that blew up the plane.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And maybe they thought they would be easy. And they were just like, yeah, we'll do a cover-up. But then they knew what happened. And they're like, well, we'll just go with this terrorist story because, gosh, we don't... And they, they thought it'd be an easy cover-up and it'd, be an e- 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 it'd just go away really fast. And then... All the witnesses came out, and all of the things, and then they were like, "Ooh, we we have to do a hardcore cover up now." We were thought it would be an easy cover up, but now if we get caught in an easy cover up, then what does that say about us? That verifies all of these other conspiracy theories. It verifies that we are villains. It verifies that we are we do stuff like this. We can't lose face trying to cover it up. It's one thing to say, "Oh, <laughs> we accidentally shot down a plane." And then they say we accidentally shot down a plane, and then we were going to cover it up, but now we're unmasked, and so now we have to come forward with the truth, and we're really sorry. That is way worse <laughs> than just saying "oops," you know. It, you know, what I'm saying. Once you get caught in a little lie, they, they're 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 not really covering up the fact that they got shot down. Maybe they're covering up the fact that they were doing a little lie at the beginning, right? Because I mean, well, what would happen if it came forward, like evidence came out today that 100% they did shoot down? this plane and they 100 percent did cover it up that means that so many of these conspiracies these crazy conspiracy theorists are I, not so crazy
0: they can't they can't do that uh after the fact so many years right because then uh i don't know people would riot hardcore like we've never seen before
1: <laughs> uh, i don't know if people would riot
0: no nah, they, they would they, able
1: to get, they wouldn't be able to get away with as much stuff in the future Every time something would come up, people would be like, here's the uh, flight 800 again. This is They're doing a flight 800 on us. Are you doing a flight 800 on me? And they wouldn't be able to get away with as much stuff in the
0: future. They definitely wouldn't get away with it now. But I do think that there'd be people rioting. It seems like people are rioting for no reason these days. I actually don't believe there would be
1: a single riot over it. Really? I think people riot for all the wrong reasons and riot for none of the right ones.
0: Well, that's certainly true.
1: Uh, yeah okay well like i was saying i didn't believe this one was going to be a short episode
0: (laughs) no you definitely made it a proper long episode (laughs) i mean i think we're like 30 minutes over our normal time which is okay uh i i I have a feeling we're gonna do a two hour special on the written house that's just my that's just my gut feeling (laughs) But yes, ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies. I hope you've enjoyed that one. It's a good old conspiracy from uh, back in the 90s. Um, but if you have a conspiracy or any topic at all you would like us to dive into, you could send us an email at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. That's all in word bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. Uh, however, we will be doing the written house. Uh, story next episode we won't be doing thanksgiving uh because it's just too late for us to get into thanksgiving and have it out by thanksgiving so i'll probably do a replay of last year's it was pretty good what we did last year was it last year or two years ago i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> you will hear a, a replay of a past thanksgiving episode and then you'll hear the red house and then i don't know what right after that probably do christmas early just to have christmas done yeah
1: or we could do whatever if any of y'all have like some great suggestions that we're missing some maybe some pressing um things come yeah. up you can always send us uh, suggestions at
0: you gonna do it <laughs> It's bizarreconspiracies@gmail.com. at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, it's usually in the description, so just head down to your description, copy that email address, and then send us an email. I get a ton of weird emails. Ton of weird emails. So, yeah, I know people are grabbing it. Conrad, final thoughts on today's episode. Um,
1: uh, uh, the, oh, 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 the, um, the The whole thing about the 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 missile, why I made such a big deal about the fact of being a uh, anti ballistic missile thing, is it has longer range, because they one of the things that people will always say is the uh, uh, ships in the area were operating too far away from where the plane was shot down in order for it to actually be in range of their mm-hmm. missiles, mm-hmm. but this missile is not your ordinary missile; it's an anti nuclear um, missile. Missile. (laughs) So it had the range. 100% had the range.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.